Movement Rio Media presents A Few Good Physios with Dr. Eric Munoz and Dr. Leonidas Scantolides. You can't handle the truth. What is physical therapy? More research. More research. True therapeutic effect. Join us each week as we discuss current trends in medicine, rehabilitation, and strength and conditioning. The answers are out there. All content is a collaboration between On Point Sports Care and Integrated PT Squared. A Few Good Physios is not medical advice and is used for educational purposes only. If you are having pain and or health-related complaints, please seek out a licensed healthcare professional. Thank you for downloading. Enjoy. Welcome back for the final episode of A Few Good Physios. Fine. Man, it I I am out of the I'm out of the habit. It's been 2 weeks, 3 weeks. We're out of our Longer rhythm. Than? It actually felt good to uh make my way down to the studio and this is definitely going to be a, a, a kind of a different episode. You know, we're, yeah. we're calling this the reflection of 2018. So it's uh pretty cool stuff. Um we don't. We we both kind of have prepared uh, statements. I prepared outline. my my opening statement for Congress. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's been a lot. Even within these two weeks, you know, just kind of looking back at things, um, you know, it's been a wild ride. Not wild ride. It's been a very interesting ride, and and it's taken different turns each different way. Whether it's working on our logo, <laughs> working mm. working on a couple of other things that have not unfortunately been completed but um okay. oh, yeah but i think it's a good talk about so um we are going to take a hiatus for a little while so i think early 2019 we'll be back um we're, we're kind of deciding between january and february by then uh we we both hope to have <laughs> a website that's going to have all of our content definitely videos uh, i'm sorry definitely our episodes the audio and then our videos too, just to uh, give everybody a lot of content and maybe some other stuff there too. So maybe some research articles. Oh, research! <laughs> We're gonna have every everything we say, including the sentence. We'll have documentation to That's back right. it up. Exactly. But um, no, it's it's again, you know, thinking back uh, to when we began, or even th- when we were in the thought process of how this was gonna work. We really had. We were clueless, you know. We just had the idea and like, all right, what are we going to talk about? Clinical commentary, mm-hmm. and just basically record the conversations that Lee and I have on a regular basis. Whenever we meet up, uh, a lot of our conversation is very similar to what the podcast consists of. You know, whether exactly. it's you know positive, you know, aware, you know, things that have come to our awareness, or the frustrations of dealing with really a broken healthcare system. And, you know, we're kind of uh, in the trenches of it on different levels, but different, you know, trenches, nevertheless, and dealing with the day-to-day. You know, there's been, even within this nine months, we've had, you know, both Lee and I have had developments both in our you know, professional, personal lives. And, again, it's, it's pretty wild. Just in the nine months, so much has come out about uh, healthcare system, excuse me, healthcare companies kind of linking together, um, Drug prices. I mean, all of the stuff that we're chatting about is kind of on the front page of uh, the news these days. Oh, it's amazing. You know, just yesterday, a patient of mine was telling me about uh, an article in the New York Times, and I haven't been able to find it yet, but uh, she said it came out yesterday. And it was basically exactly what we keep talking about with these 
mergers of health insurance companies and even sometimes the drug companies and patients and the consumers have less and less and less choice to uh, get whatever benefits and or medication. So there's now no competition. So they get to set the price whenever they want. And that price is going to be based on stock market, mm-hmm. um, a- any other variable that they want. But the, the person who or the people who benefit from that is are not going to be the consumers. Yeah. It's going to be the people who run these companies. And, so. and, yeah, and the idea of supply demand kind of economics relying about relying on medication is kind of nauseating to know that let's say there is a a cure a treatment some kind of medication that could improve someone's lives and then someone kind of taking advantage of the fact that hey I got this patent I mean I understand there must be a lot of money that does does go into research and development and to find these things but to prey on to prey on people or you know pay on patients is is very nauseating. And again, you know, I do believe the I'm optimistic that the pendulum will change. And you know, every dog has its day. So mm-hmm. enjoy those profits because soon they will be gone. Yeah, we're for taking, now we're taking them <laughs> <laughs> one way or another. We we'll right. get them back exactly. And with uh, more information out there. Yeah, another interesting article mm-hmm. that I saw was how to manage your healthcare. New York Times had an interesting mm. one. It was a long kind of, I didn't read through the whole thing, but it was so interesting of everything from writing questions down to- Oh, I think I saw that. You bring someone with you. Bring someone with you, feeling heard. Like if you don't feel like the, oh, the doctor doesn't seem to acknowledge what you're going through, Mm -hmm. choose another doctor. Talked about finding out about your healthcare benefits before you're in a situation- uh, before you're in a situation where, you know, you might be an emergency. So, you know, the last thing on your mind when you're choking on a piece of steak, listen to that. That, that was with uh, that was one of our um, shows. But if you're choking on a piece of steak, the last thing you're going to think of is, hey, what's my copay? You're going to do what you need to do to, to be well, to out. get the steak out <laughs> or to get something, you know, to get a care. So it was an interesting article. But again, a lot of what we dis- were discussing um, is in the news and mm-hmm. um and it's on people's minds you know and hopefully it's not on your mind because if it's on your mind you might be in need of um some care and yeah. you might be confused you might be scared but hopefully listening to our podcast you have some kind of direction on uh what's your next step yeah and it was interesting you say that because i had i've had a lot of patient encounters recently that reinforce a lot what we talk about here and then also um kind of I see those issues firsthand, and the two biggest examples recently in the last two weeks have been I have had two post-surgical patients uh, who had no idea what they had surgery done. Wow. They had no idea. So one more serious one, spinal surgery before the surgery had a severe neurological uh, symptoms, such as a dropped foot, came to see me. Did not know what they did. Just that you know, I, they, they, they just did spine <laughs> surgery, and I was like, "All right, well, I need to know if it's like a fusion, a laminectomy, a microdiscectomy, a full discectomy, a disc replacement. You know, so, something. I need right, something." Right. And there's nothing on the script. On the script, it said dropped foot. No, and smart. yeah, and I was like, "Okay, so you had surgery?" He's like, yeah, "Yeah, last week I had surgery." I was like, "All right, we don't even know if you should have PT right now, like under two weeks." And so, like, I had mm-hmm. to, and he was like, "You should just call the doctor's office." I was like, oh, well. 
I got plenty of time to do that, right? <laughs> I'm going to chip uh, into that 20 minutes I have with you now. That's right. So that was one example. The other example was um, knee surgery. This, this individual uh, claimed that they went in there and scraped the arthritis out. And Ooh. so I didn't, on the script, I could not read the handwriting. And in there, and I've asked, I asked, you know, I try to be as objective as possible with these things because, of course, I don't want to just say, like, oh, make a judgment myself and be like, oh, maybe I, ma- I made a mistake. I asked three other clinicians. They said the exact same thing that I said. They're like, there's a repair in there. I see a repair. <laughs> and then I see uh, arthroscope. All right, so mm-hmm. arthroscope and repair. And then slash, guess what it said before that, what it looked like? Meniscal tear. Open. Open slash arthroscope repair. So none of that makes any sense. So no, open no. is uh, is, conver- is uh, different from arthroscope. Right. And then repair. <laughs> so like, and there's nothing after the repair or before the repair. So I had to call the office, and this person didn't know. She said, I had no idea. I don't know. I, I'd see three portal holes, so obviously I know they, <laughs> they did something there. See, you right, know? right. And they're not in a in a brace, and, and they're not in crutches, so I can maybe assume it wasn't a repair, but I asked the person, they're like, well, I'm supposed to be wearing a brace, so I'm not going to wear a brace because it's not comfortable. I'm like, okay, it could be a repair now. And now I it could be an ACL. Yeah. It could be an ACL, yeah. I, I have no idea. And so, of course, I had to call the office, and I talked to the manager there, and it was a, a synovectomy, unfortunately, because they don't really do those anymore. Synovectomy. Um, yeah. So, by the way, for the general public who are non-clinicians, that's really not a a good procedure to do for, let's say, quote, clearing the arthritis out, which that's not what they're doing. Synovectomy. They're yeah. cutting the, the the bag. I well, they they essentially they do something similar. Remember back in the day before de novos, they'll do uh, the micro. Fracture Microfracturing, kind of? and, the plug, yeah. and then the, the the bleeding will kind of scar over, and that's like the yeah. actual, quote, new cartilage. That's very similar to what they would do, but it's ineffective as they take more stuff out, apparently. She's not, I mean, this person not is not doing well, um, but, you know, that's that's a whole other thing. But, um, yeah, I mean, th- that kind of reinforced knowing what is going on. Ask questions. This is your body. This is your body. They went in there. They put you under anesthesia. And you went out, and they they put they put. And I was trying to explain to this individual when when they do arthroscope, it's not like candies and belly buttons. It's like you know they're 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 puncturing your skin, they're puncturing your knee capsule, they're going inside, they're putting a camera, and they're doing stuff. It's not a, like a, a teeth cleaning. No, 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 like, no, 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 no. So um, anyway, so that that was just a very small example, and I'm sure plenty of other clinicians share this every day. But it's. You, everyone can be responsible for their own bodies. It, it just takes to be a little bit more uh, consistent, um, a little bit more on top of the physician, um, and just be well read. Just, just if you're going to go through a procedure, definitely talk and read and explore. It's, it's important. You know, I'll, I'll compare this to let's say purchasing a home, and and people make mistakes with this as well, right? Due diligence, you know, mm. uh, for business people out there. You know, before they purchase a company, before they go into an investment, you kind of look and you do your homework, you know, before you buy a home. Why wouldn't you do the same with your body, your temple, your, you know, what you walk around with every day? Mm. Um, you know, it's just very important. I, I do understand that there's certain emotional states that one can be in where, you know, you're not thinking clearly. But uh, I always, rec- you know, whenever a person patient comes to the table and says, oh, um, I might be getting the surgery. I was recommended to a surgery. I always tell them, hey, if it was my mother, my brother, anybody, my family member, I would always tell them, you know, 
get a second opinion. You know, mm. if, if surgery is what you want to do, you know, it's it's as Lee said, this is not um it's a major event. You know, just the anesthesia alone, there's risk involved. Huge. They're puncturing your skin, there's infection. They go in, doctors are not, you know, uh, flawless. And and they'll they'll tell you this too. I think you did you send me something? The sleep the the practice. Um which one? I think you sent me, I thought maybe it was an old post, something re- relating to jujitsu and practice and medicine is like a practice. This was a way back when. Oh, man, yeah. My, it was a way, long way back. Um, anyway, bottom line is medicine is a practice. It's mm. not It's not an exact science. Right, right, right. So the bottom <clears> line, you know, you really want you as a patient have to feel comfortable with what you're going through. And that means understanding, as Lee said, understanding the procedures that are taking place on you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, we're talking about, um, surgery, but that goes for physical therapy as well. You mm-hmm. know, and that, that goes for any kind of treatment. You should be asking your clinician, you know, what's going on. Some clinicians are more descriptive than others. Um, but at the end of the day, you, it's your body. You should know what's going on and you should kind of be fully vested. Right. Exactly. Um, all right. Oh, I'm getting hyped up. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is going to be good. Oh. Um, all right. So I, just so we have time, I'll, mm. do you mind if I go first? Go for it, brother. I think it would be great to uh, <laughs> it'll be great to finish with yours because it's, Compare and contrast. it's a lot it more was... professional and uh, it's good. No, right. no, no. Yeah, no, sorry. Go, go ahead. Nope. Shoot, man. Um, so just for any of the sensitive birds, you might want to turn off the, the device you're using. So... Um, the, we both prepared statements, uh, kind of like an end of year thing, just to compile our thoughts and also to put together and summarize. Ah, there you go. <laughs> Let's put together and summarize kind of everything that we talked about with our guests and kind of the topics that we talked about over uh, the le- the last year. It's been nine months. Is that right? I can't believe that, man. That's crazy. How many episodes? 25. 25. So, to, yeah. This will be 26? This will be number 26. Wow. Um, so wild. I would recommend if every, anyone's interested, I would take the time that we have off for the next two months to go back in those 25 and listen to some of that stuff. And it, again, like Eric said, it really correlates to what's going on publicly and in the media and what you read in the paper. It's it's all very interesting stuff. And that not just what we talk about, but also what our guests talk about. So. Um, we thought that was cool. All right. When Eric and I began talking about this project, we had no idea where it would take us, what we would talk about, nor did we know how we would implement it. All we knew is we had a lot to say about a profession, what was happening with it, and mostly how we were managing it. We didn't know where to start, but we wanted to get that info out. We saw a spectrum of issues happening. We saw incredible clinicians who were influencing change in people's lives, being dragged down by greed in a system that didn't give a shit about them. We saw and heard patients so grossly misinformed about their injury condition, medical history, and their interventions that it threw them into the cycle of increased medical costs, heartbreak, and increasing sense of fragility. Because of this, we saw patients' anxieties increase, fear overcoming them, a spiraling sense of helplessness, and worst of all, faith in their capabilities to heal diminish. This made our stomachs turn. It made us angry. It made us want to call out all the bullshit using some sort of platform. That platform is this podcast and we would not, it would not be possible without our listeners support and help. 
Thank you all who to, who subscribe, download, follow, like, and most importantly, gain something from a few good physios. We are eternally grateful. With that said, we we each have some closing statements and reflection of this first year. For myself, I have the following to say. For my fellow conservative management clinicians out there, if you listen to our podcast and it turns up some anger inside of you, good. If you listen to what we have to say and disagree, good. If you listen to each episode and feel like you're missing something, good. There is too much apathy, complacency, occasionally complicit behavior, and non-action in our industry. We need to make things happen. We need to get moving. We need to get motivated to change things. Passivity is not the answer. There are far too many PTs who have a shit ton of influence doing fucking nothing. For instance, some PTs find themselves in positions of power in large companies. PhDs just nodding their head yes to these greedy fat cats who would know absolutely nothing about what we do and what it takes to treat a patient. I get it. They're scared. They're scared to risk losing the house they just bought. They don't want to risk losing their stability. They don't want to step out of their comfort zone. They enjoy the repeated yearly European vacation and vacations and high-priced wine. I get it. That all sounds delicious and fun. But what about the bigger picture? What about the unintended consequences? What about the state of our profession? What about the fact that we're behind the eight ball every time we face a patient and most likely is filled with misinformation given by our broken system? What about that new grad getting out of school with so much fucking debt they'll have to work two to three side hustles for the next 10 years to make a dent? This year we had incredible guests and fantastic clinical commentary that all fell into the same theme. There needs to be a change in our profession, and it starts with the clinicians. Upon graduation and licensure, we automatically accept that incredible responsibility to our patients, our colleagues, and society as a whole. Do no harm includes keeping up with all scientific evidence that pertains to what we do. We must educate our patients with all the tools that can catalyze increased wellness, health, and longevity. Participating in passive interventions that are no longer supported by evidence is not helping anybody. Pain science ain't going away. Emphasis on skilled strength training ain't going away. Emphasis on how we speak to patients ain't going away. Those who want to continue using ultrasound, heat, Ice, Eastim, Theraguns, Graston tools as all primary interventions, seeing 20 to 30 patients a day for 15 to 20 minutes at a time, will turn into dinosaurs. Put the fucking ultrasound head down and open a goddamn research article. Look up from your computer while talking to patients and get out of your comfort zone. If you can't handle the responsibility of being a PT, step aside. Let the ones who are motivated, hungry for progress, happy to engage with people, lead the charge. Step aside so you can be one less lethargic PT who damages the reputation of what can really set patients up to be successful. Don't know where to start? Talk to somebody. We're always here to chat what, uh, what people can do and where to start. There are also so many groups that you can join that are driving this initiative. We've mentioned them so many times and damn near every episode this year. So go back and listen. You got something to say? Start a podcast. Want to spread the word? Get your social media game up. Write a blog. Want to offer quality care PT? Join an out-of-network cash practice. 
If you're a new grad and want to join an Ad Network Cash Practice, you better be a superstar. You better be a communication hotshot with excitement, knowledge, credentials, and strength training, along with your own movement experience to boot. It ain't easy, but nothing is. Our profession needs not passivity, it needs not complacency to interventions that do not teach patients how to help themselves. It does need clinicians who are skilled in educating patients on the beauty and the robustness of their bodies. If you think we cross the line with what we say, good. Every day we hear PTs complain so much about the system and how it's damaged and, and or our profession as a whole and do absolutely nothing about it. We don't need that anymore. Enough is enough. Stop being a character on Gossip Girl and step up like a responsible human being. Now is the time. To all my non-clinicians out there, you are not fragile. You are not weak. We heal at any age. Your body is not flawed in how it responds to stress, exercise, and movement. Humans are incredibly robust. Our bodies are incredibly strong. Most of all, we are extremely capable of receiving guidance to help ourselves. You can learn how to get healthy and get out of an injury. It will not be easy. It will not be comfortable. But just like anything else in life, it will take time to learn new habits. It will be productive if you remain consistent. It will be life-changing if you allow it to be. Be coachable. Do things that bring joy and happiness. Know that your knee pain is connected to your entire body, not just your knee. We have a brain and nervous system that's evolved over 6 million years, and that's extremely efficient and smart. Respect that. In the absence of the most sinister diagnosis, seek the most conservative management first. Discuss reasons for interventions. Be well-read from valid, reliable sources. It may be hard to hear, but seeking help when you're in the most helpless state can be a lifesaver. And that's usually the last thing you want to do. Mm-hmm. Again, this year we've had incredible people come on to this podcast who own businesses, gone through the medical system, and have achieved so much. All this in the most challenging city in the world. Each of them have been successful because they've learned about themselves and placed their health as top priority. Physical therapy isn't an ultrasound hit. We don't just massage patients. We are the most inexpensive medical intervention you'll ever receive. Fact. What you'll pay in medical bills for quality PT is a fraction of what you'll pay for the rest of your life for misinformation and or aggressive treatments like surgery. Fact. We now have the numbers to back that shit up. Don't get surgery just because your teammates or friends tell you to do so. Don't get an injection just because the MD doesn't know what else to do. Don't drastically change how you feel about your body because a picture told you that a structure on the inside of your body is, quote, bulging. Not only, P- not only is PT inexpensive, the information we educate patients with, the guidance we offer, is invaluable and lasts for the rest of your life. If you walk into a PT clinic with one injury and leave with 50 problems, you're in the wrong clinic. If you're offering your history of injury and you're interrupted in the first 15 to 20 seconds, you're in the wrong clinic. If you leave the clinic feeling worse about your injury and feeling more hopeless, you're in the wrong clinic. If you're told that bad posture is the root of your pain, you're in the wrong clinic. Quality care PTs offer hope and guidance to your problems, giving solutions on how you can help yourself. 
PTs that spew out elaborate, confusing medical jargon, speaking about how the most mundane anatomical sites moving at a fraction of an angle causes damage to tissues, causing your pain, are really there to hear themselves talk. The more medical jargon they could throw at you, the smarter they feel. Their perceived skill is the regurgitation of medical information. The real skill is communicating appropriately with that patient in front of them, identifying their capacity of learning, ruling out more sinister conditions, assessing diagnosing using valid, reliable physical examination techniques, and delivering accurate medical information so the patient can feel empowered to help themselves. I cannot emphasize this enough. Quality Care PT relays information that allows the patient to need PT less and less. It is the worst business model ever. That ain't no lie. I always laugh when patients comment on how much out-of-network cash P PT costs. If they were to sit down and look at the fancy charts of how much it will cost them, in so many ways, not just financial, to get surgery or to go to a low-quality PT long-term, it would knock their fucking socks off. Quality PT is inherently low-volume, low low-cost, and not needed for prolonged periods. In saying that, we have every incentive to keep you coming back again and again for longer and longer to grow our business, to pay our debts, to feed our family, but we don't. We tell you the opposite. You're strong, you're capable. You can do this on your own. We can guide you. We can bring you to a place where you're, you'll know how to manage this. So next time one's driving, next time you think you're, uh, we're setting up our price to solely make a buck off your injury, think again. PTs ain't the ones driving around in Porsches purchasing multiple vacation houses, living lavish lifestyle, and conjuring up stories for you to get another intervention so we can put a down payment on a boat. We're the ones having families, creating budgets to live, having two to three side hustles, putting a smile on our face no matter what every day. Every day we keep up with as much evidence as we can just so we can be a bit more informed when we see you. To all the listeners, you are all in charge of your health. You have a choice to what happens and what interventions you go through. Seek clinicians that will offer information that will guide you to a solution and offer hope. Don't seek clinicians that place you in a labyrinth of new problems. Those of you who know me know that I love movies, so I'd like to leave you with one of my favorite quotes from a movie I enjoyed. I'll leave it up to you to look up the movie and or the meaning. Oh, my mouth is dry. I'm going to have to... <laughs> Take, oh, you're going, man. Good, good roll. <clears throat> uh, excuse me. Okay, quote. A person is smart. People are dumb, panicky, dangerous animals, and you know it. 1,500 years ago, everybody knew the Earth was the center of the universe. 500 years ago, everybody knew the Earth was flat. And 15 minutes ago, you knew that humans were alone on this planet. Imagine what you'll know tomorrow. Oh. Thank you. Very cool. I think I know that. <laughs> Don't uh, say no, it. I'm not going to say it. You guys are going to have to look it up. Um, wow. That's pretty damn cool. Thanks, man. Wow. My my statement is much shorter, <laughs> but um, but in alignment with uh, with Lee's with Lee's statement, man. Really powerful stuff. Thanks, man. And straight from the heart. So I mean, it literally reviews i think every episode we've done we kind of touched <laughs> upon no serious it, it connects yeah. everything i mean we we have a very repetitive theme um but with a lot of different angles and it's pretty interesting how even though we've had guests from different worlds whether it's 
training, bodybuilding, fighting, um, clinicians, new and old, um, the themes came were repetitive and, and, and in a good way. Um, we're all kind of on the same page. So I am going to read my statement, reflection. Yes, sir. So initially, <clears throat> the idea of this podcast was to co- to record a clinical commentary that gives PTs, patients, trainers, anyone that would wanted to listen, some info on our experience working within New York City's rehab and fitness worlds or industries. Um, I could remember the day that Lee posed the question um, on our way out of a jujitsu class on the train. Said, "Hey, we should uh, we should record. We should start a podcast <laughs> where we talk about we just talk about what we're talking about right now, <laughs> which is uh, everything that we've discussed. Right. So the state of our industry, day to day operations, our challenges." Different modalities, things we calling bullshit, the whole shebang. You know, we 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 chatted about it. So I recall that day, and and at that time, I I had no clue how it would fall. So um, again, the general idea, the initial idea, was really a clinical commentary. Uh, that changed once we had our our first guest and further guests on here, and the change and direction was in tone. And and kind of a reinforcement. So I think it, the guests changed our direction in a good way. So most of our guests seem to reinforce all of our discussions on pain science, treatment, frustrations, and recent breakthroughs. Um, also, no, let me step back a little. Uh, up to this point, and, you know, it's been a wild, very cool ride, cool adventure. And again, the change in our direction was a positive one. Um, our guests and ourselves really inspired a lot of thought, uh, at least within ourselves and uh, definitely within our circle of influence. Um, full disclosure, I have to admit, if it wasn't for Lee's organization, <laughs> editing, social media, posting, um, and really like tenacity towards a lot of things with this podcast it really this wouldn't be possible so props to lee thank you sir with connecting this all Mm -hmm. um we've been really consistent very consistent with our recordings with our guests and most importantly our message that the ideal should be the norm um that the human body mind and spirit is resilient um, that there are many clinicians, both in and out of our field of practice, that produce fear of movement to the masses. And that's just a healthcare system in a whole. You know, uh, as Lee mentioned before, producing more problems than a person initially comes to get help for. More questions than answers when they walk out of the clinician, clinician's office. Excuse me. So I have found myself reflecting after all of our recordings, clarifying the goals, after, excuse me, after uh, reflecting on all of our recordings and listening to, to all of them, really I've clarified a lot of my goals of my, my own practice and reinforcing what I know has definitely made me more successful within my career as a clinician, as a trainer. Um, our guests have been inspiring to us and hopefully to our listeners. We hope that if 
we shifted anybody's perspective of their practice, beliefs, of the norm, or inspired to action, even if it's one person, that person can be the catalyst for that change needed. The change in the fitness industry, the change in the rehab industry, change in our healthcare system, anywhere that deals with improving lives through education, movement, confidence, optimizing strategies, spirits, martial arts, overall self-development in a nutshell. If we've inspired anybody, then we've done our job. Just one person. Um, that it concludes what I've written down, but I'll further up on further up by saying, um, you know, the, the feedback we've gotten from the podcast has all been positive. Um, the, the clinicians, trainers, family members, um, you know, patients have all come back and have had positive uh, words for us. And I think in the next, you know, Lee and I have to do a nice little sit down where our next step up. But uh, we're going to kind of fine-tune a couple of things, um, continue to work on giving you guys some great information, bringing on some different guests. We might have some old guests back on mm-hmm. um, because each of them, as Lee mentioned before, all of the guests we have had on, whether they're clinicians, trainers, patients, they're all into self-development. And yeah. they're all into – they all live pretty disciplined lives. That's one thing I realized last night – I don't know who I was talking. I was talking to my wife and something with regard to discipline. And I, lo- I thought of it. I was like, I'm around a lot of disciplined people. Mm. And that's not a mistake. Mm. Um, that's a choice and probably the best choice of my life. But if we could pass that on, again, to one individual that passes it on to the next, mm-hmm. that's how change happens. Yeah. So um, those are my uh, parting words, at least written down. <laughs> but... Um, that's good. Thank we, you. We um yeah, hope to keep it coming. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, d- again, we we have uh, 25 episodes. You can go back and listen to everything. We definitely have we have plans to have really cool people on next year. Like Eric said, definitely some uh, former guests, but some new ones that again represent this idea that one can be successful. You take the right steps in PT and not PT. Everything. Um, so it should, it should be interesting. It should be a, a good year next year for this. And we really appreciate everyone, again, just listening and downloading. Yeah, it's been just to reflect on my own scenario again and yeah. in terms of um, where we were nine months ago, I think, and just professionally where I was, you know, I took a big leap if I didn't mention it about a year and a half ago. And a year ago today, you know, I didn't even have a logo <laughs> um, to, to, to my, you know, to my company. And I, I had a clear, my intention was clear. I understood that I couldn't continue what I was doing. Um, I was unhappy uh, where I was. And most importantly, you know, I have a, a new addition to my family. I have a son and I just couldn't keep up with, with what I was doing, uh, professionally. And then personally, I couldn't, you know, I, I didn't seem like the right fit. So mm. I took a huge risk of which I'm still kind of paying for, but that's okay. Um, But it's worked out, and I believe it's worked out because of the intention and a lot to do with this podcast because this podcast has clarified, you know, when when anybody, you know, for any of the listeners that do have their own businesses, 
it requires a lot of self-discipline. Yeah. Um, you know, when you work at a, at, at a job, at a clinic, let's say at a job. You work at a job, there are guides, there's policies, there's, there's things you follow, but there's a level of built-in discipline, right? You just mm-hmm. kind of follow the rules. But the truth is, as our, one of our guests, Steve Horney, said, mm-hmm. um, you go home and, you know, that's that. You know, yes, you store email. Yes, you do. Um, you, well, depending on where you work, there's a lot of outside work. But right. um, for the most part, you could check out a little. Right, it's over you know, when you go home. It's over. And, yeah. you know, and, and you know, there's there's a certain boundary of, hey, I'm not going to answer an email at 11 o'clock regarding a cancellation. Let the front desk deal with that. Or right. I'll, I'll forward that to the appropriate part. But when it's your own business, it's like there's really... It's really hard to step away from work or sometimes it's really hard to work. You know, you have all this time to use. Oh, I got time. I got time. And then it creeps up on you. So I'm very thankful for this podcast and clarifying what important to deliver to my patients, to my clients. So I'm very grateful. We thank all the listeners. We also thank all the guests because they've they've really provided a catalyst to hit different demographics. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, good stuff. I'm looking forward to next year and, you know, new year, new things. And yeah, we're going to have some, some pretty cool guests on and we're definitely fishing for some big fish out there. Yeah. We'll have some, uh, some interesting characters on. Yeah. I, I, I do want to comment on what you just said about, um, you know, the, the fact that you choose a certain path. I think one of the main things that we see as PTs, we see it usually in the outpatient field, outpatient orthopedics, we, we usually see a wide spectrum of patients. And one of the most common things year after year, we're eight years in, nine years in treating, whatever it is, is take care of your health. Put that as priority. I mean, it, it, yes, being successful in a job, is great and it's going to provide for your family and you have finances but i do have to say that you know choices that you made that you the job i'm doing the same thing that 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 position was not a fit it wasn't sustainable for what you want in terms of life and happiness so you chose your health over that in my opinion directionless thing it's almost like a trap it's a trap I mean, going. Yeah. Yeah. No, oh. so, and then what we see, unfortunately, is people who were kind of past that time period where they can immediately bounce back and they're put in a position where the health is taken from them, whether it be a minor orthopedic injury, whether it be a sinister, something like cancer, and then they have a really tough time by the end of their life. And that is sad because if you're, if you're consistent with your health, take care of your health, then you you can you can overcome things at any age, and that will get harder and harder no matter what. I mean, we get older, we get less resilient. That doesn't mean we can't be resilient. We just get less resilient. So why don't you put the time in the resilient bank every year and actually do something for your health? I mean, there's all this information out now. There's a lot of public information about stress, sleep, diet, exercise. Just take advantage of that. Really read up on it. Talk to people who know what they're doing. Get advice and really take a look at it with scrutiny and and, and take care of yourself. Take care, Put your health as top priority. That, that's all I got to say. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the career is great. You know, that, uh, but again, as Lee said, you know, you're at the end, uh, it's an uphill battle. Aging, you know, 
there's always going to be this quote diminished. There's going to be age related changes. Okay, <laughs> age related changes. Um, but at the same token, you can embrace those changes and make small decisions toward your health. You know, there's yes. small decisions. It's as as Lee just said. You know, get guidance. There's so much. I mean, we, we're really spoiled here in New York because of all the choice. It's a paradox of choice, right? As much as we're spoiled. There's a lot of misinformation and there's a lot mm. of, you know, a lot of snake oil out there. There is. But at the same token, you know, some if you're in the right state of mind and you go with your gut, something you feel somewhat comfortable with. I am I'm personally I'm a I feel like I'm an intuitive person, so I, I go with the gut kind of feel and mm. uh it's led me in the right direction. Sometimes it it's led me in very uncomfortable scenarios, um, as the last year and a half has been, mm. but it's the beauty of life, you know, yeah. the uncertainty. And I have to throw in a jujitsu plug. <laughs> um, similar to jujitsu, um, getting comfortable with uncomfortable, making decisions, not uh, being prepared for class, whether that be emotionally, physically, spirit, whatever you want, you have to be prepared. Yep. Um, it really has, I have to put a plug out there. It really, I don't think I could have made the changes I, I did without, I mean, I was only two mo- one month into jujitsu when I decided to quit my, uh, my full-time job. And um, I really credit jujitsu with that. Mm-hmm. The ability to say, shit, you know, I, I could do this. Mm-hmm. You know, I could mm-hmm. do this. And, and, and it, it's, you know, it's been a journey. Jiu-jitsu has not been a... <laughs> an easy route at all it's probably the hardest hands down the hardest thing i've ever done physically emotionally spiritually yeah. but probably one of the more most rewardings out, outside of you know my son my wife my family that kind of love jujitsu kind of whew, it's it's a powerful tool so mm-hmm. find your local jujitsu <laughs> <laughs> Come down to Henzo. I'm not even find your local. Come to Henzo Gracie's Academy. That's right in Manhattan. <laughs> Give him a plug. Thirtieth uh, between seventh and eighth. Take a class and keep an open mind. Stay curious. As uh, one of our great guests came by and said, you know, staying curious is cool. But thank you guys for listening, and mm-hmm. um, I'll hand it over to Lee for any parting words. No, yeah, I'm a huge jiu-jitsu proponent as well. I, I will say the same. And if you're fearing getting hurt. Don't let that stop you. Tissue tolerance. Tissue tolerance, but also, <laughs> like, you have control of your body. You could just, you know, you communicate to your partner, tell the instructor, I have prior injuries, whatever it is. You know, it does, it's not like, I think there's this perception. As soon as you walk into the studio, you're just like... Break an arm. You break an oh, arm. <laughs> I have an arm. You get the, I, I going back to the first class that I observed, I observed Lee... At a five or six o'clock class on a Friday, by the way, craziest class you can go to, right? Because <laughs> everybody's all crazy. Right. And the end right. the class. And I'm like, oh, let's see what this is about. You know, this martial arts. I've been interested in martial arts for, for my life, you know. I anyway, mm-hmm. watching Lee in action, I'm like, holy shit, this is a this is a little aggressive. How do how do people not get hurt? And I asked yeah. Lee, I said, Hey, um, do you does any do you get any and he was, you get dings. <laughs> and then I was like, all right. Then the first class I took second, I was like, hey, man, I'm I'm sore. You mm-hmm. know, and Lee was like, tissue tolerance. <laughs> you know, you'll get, <laughs> used, get used to used it. To and it. it's the truth. I mean, today. You I, do, yeah. I was getting thrown on the floor by a judo Olympian who was mm-hmm. teaching a class I saw. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. 
This guy throws me four feet in the air. I land on my back, but due to training, you break, you know, break the fall. Break the fall, mm-hmm. and life is good. It's actually exhilarating, and it's pr- and then, I mean, he does it in a way that he he kind of. No, he's. I mean, he's very talented in that. He's sense. a, ta- you know, he 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 makes it dramatic, but he's he's breaking my. He's helping me out. Yeah. Um, that being said, the first three to four months when Lee and I were partnering up and Lee would take me down, every bone in my body would rattle. I feel like a, a rag doll. And I was like, shit, how is this like good for you? Yeah. You know, a year and a half later, I, I see the benefit on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. So challenge yourself, guys. Your body is stronger than you think. Yes. That's a great way to end it. 2018, everybody, thank you very much. Good stuff. It was great. That's good, good stuff, man. man. Thank you. All right. We'll close it out. Thank you for listening. Signing off. Signing off. Thank you for listening to A Few Good Physios. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. Follow us each week while we interview guests and have clinical commentary. 